Coming up today on the Nosebleed Seats podcast, what the AAF, butt chins and fat necks, my friends. We got an article of some of the biggest offseason storylines to look at and should the Cowboys extend Dak Prescott. So stick around for the show everyone can afford to listen to. The Nosebleed Seats with Zach Wolchuk and Eric Chiafalo. Wait, you're telling me Freddie Kitchens is white? Yeah, shocking to me too. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to. I'm Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo and Chi. We are putting the 2018 season and the Super Bowl in our rearview mirror. And we're now moving on to the offseason. And my friend, for the first time this offseason, we not only have free agency to look forward to. We Gosh, I'm so excited. Not just the draft to look forward to, or the scouting combine for that matter. You know what that does to me. Oh, does it ever. Sexually. But we also have the Alliance of American Football, baby. What the AAF is that? It's Alliance AF, Mother Bleeper. The Alliance of American Football. It is essentially a developmental league, like a buffer league between college and the pros. These are guys who have been in NFL training camps, sometimes on NFL rosters, college guys that went to maybe the Arena or Canadian Football League. Trent Richardson, for example, is a player in this league. Guys that are looking for a second chance to make it in the NFL are playing in the AAF, and it it opened up this past weekend. Did you watch any? They had games on on Saturday and on Sunday, both on the CBS Sports Network. I got to be honest, Saturday night, I was in. I was all about it. I was checking out the San Diego Fleet. Did you have a watch party? And the San Antonio Commanders, bro. Did you have a watch party? No watch party. Just solo? Solo dolo in the undies? Uh, I, was with, I was with my man, uh, my former roommate, Gerard. Nice. Man. Yeah. He yeah. sounds athletic as hell. Huh. Super athlete. Um, Dude, I think that, and yes, I did watch. I, did, I watched a little bit of it. Um, I, I'd forgotten about it. I, I don't think the promotion was overly good for it. No, oh, it just blew. It just Dude, all of a sudden popped up. If I was you like, remember, what we were sitting here, I think it was. It, it was after the Alex Smith injury. Yeah, and Josh Johnson gets called up to be the Redskins quarterback, and you and I are like, "Where the heck has John Johnson been? Josh Johnson been?" And we look up, and his most recent activity was being the quarterback on the San Diego Fleet. Yes, sir. And you and I look at each other and say, well, what the bleep is the San Diego fleet? We went digging. Because one, that name's hilarious, and two, I'd never heard of it. So we look it up, and we follow the breadcrumbs, and we find out about this Alliance of American Football. Names, man. Martz, New Heisel. Singletary. Spurrier. Riley. Spurrier, right? Yeah, right. the old you're ball right. coach. Oh, you're right, and nice. he got a win. Nailed. It. He called. The, he did a Philly special, but it was the Orlando special. The Philly Philly. The Philly Philly, but the Orlando Orlando. No way. Did it work? It worked. Did it find Pater? It did. Nice man. That he, is a uh, touchdown guaranteed. Do yeah, it every man. time, every single bleeping they time. They played well. So the Alliance of American Football. They got teams in Arizona, Salt Lake, San Antonio, San Diego, Atlanta, Birmingham, Memphis, and Orlando. Gosh. 
All those are awesome, and then you get Birmingham. You're like, dang. The Birmingham Iron, and guess who plays on the Birmingham Iron? Trent Richardson. Yes, sir, and he had a monster game on Sunday afternoon. Is he seeing the holes and hitting the holes He now? is finally. I think he went ahead and he got contacts or went ahead and had some LASIK. I don't know. I was going to say, I think that was a surgical see. thing he He needed. can see now. It was looking like Cleveland Brown rookie Trent Richardson. Dude, this is good news. One guy who had a problem, though. Let me guess. Who's uh, Johnny Manziel? No, no, I don't think Manziel's in this league yet, but that could what? be something to come. He's an XFL and, guy. Yeah, the XFL I think he's an XFL guy. Up. Yeah, which we also heard news in the XFL. XFL Dallas here locally somehow got Bob Stoops to be their head coach and general manager. Robert. Yeah, big game Bob. Except how many big games did Bob win? Zero. Uh, he did win one national championship. Okay, it was one. And he Who'd beat, they beat? Was he it beat LSU? Al, uh, they beat Florida State. Oh, they beat Florida State. And it should have been Miami. Yeah. And that Miami right. team would have rocked them because it was maybe the, one of the greatest college football teams ever assembled. It was. The next year There's definitely no was. maybe about it. The 2001 season team yeah, that's, definitely that's was. that's a fact. That's a fact. But that 2000 team could have been in the realm of conversation, and they should have been. Definitely. But they were robbed. Oklahoma beats Peter Warwick and Florida State in that 2000 natty. One Seth Luttrell, the North Texas Mean Green head coach, fullback on that squad for Oklahoma. Oh, that is that he looks like a fullback. If you haven't seen Seth Luttrell, give him a Google, man. The neck on that guy. It's almost on Maurice Jones Drew levels. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Almost. Almost is but the key no word. One's there. Really I'm glad that you Reel no that back in. MJD, no, no, but uh, he has <laughs> let himself go <laughs> just a little bit. Well, and I love you, MJD. I'll tell you, Mark Jackson gives him a run for his money, though. Both of those guys, they, they get those, uh, uh, yeah. they do the broadcast deal. You've and it, always been such a fat shamer, bro. Well, it's just the button up. It's just, why why do you do the button up all the way to the top so tight? I, it's just their you know style. It's their style. Let it go. Your style is to make you feel like you can't breathe. You're sweating. Yes, women wear chokers. Look at the look at that the little vein, black dangly thing on the, the neck. veins in your neck, man. That shouldn't be happening right now. Your forehead. Well, the veins like are coming from the veins are somewhere else. MJD though leads the league in neck. He's not going to be in the AAF. No, the guy who had a problem was Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg. Hackenberg's in this league. Wow, he's he already out bounced out of the NFL. Zach Mettenberger. You know what? I'm surprised you're you're the second person that I've heard say that. Wasn't he just drafted like in the? Th- wasn't he recently drafted? Like he was three drafted years by the ago? Jets, by the Jeets, and uh, yeah, I mean him along with Bryce Petty just were exiled. Oh man, Bryce Petty is he in the league? I don't know. That's is a he, great question. I where the AAF no, is freaking Petty? I have no idea. I'll do some Petty's research. I, I'm on that. No, no, I'm, I'm on. The, I'm on the Petty. I'm on that. You oh, you're on the Petty. I'm, I'm on the Petty. Okay, respect. I've been pettying for decades. You've always been an investigative um, journalist. Bryce Petty is currently a free agent. Yeah, I figured that. So that'll remain not, true. Not for with the rest anybody. Of his life. He is unsigned. Okay, so not even the AAF wants him. Believe that. I guess so. So not what did <laughs> what did Fackenberg do? Well, what, why is are you it Fackenberg? F- no, it's Hackenberg. Gotcha. It's Hackenberg. Well, Christian Hackenberg, on top of uh, not having a Talent. great debut. Oh, okay. Considering he went ten of twenty three for eighty seven yards in an interception, along with being sacked twice. Bitch, I'm balling. And his team lost twenty six to nothing. Dang! Yeah, come on, Hackenberg. Not Be a good better. Day. Not a good day. The Memphis Express, led by Mike Singletary, and those eyes that will kill a man. Wait, so do you think Hackenberg is dependent on the butt chin? I think 
it's just crazy to me because for those of you first off that don't know, when we say the butt chin, it's Bill O'Brien. Oh, I thought everybody knew that. I'm sorry. I think most people do, but just to clarify, because we've got a new audience, thanks okay. to PFN and the Pro Football no, Network. you're a true pro. When we refer to butt chin, it means one Bill O'Brien, the yeah. head coach for the Houston Texans. Or, Ooh, my yeah. God, if you look at him and don't see butt chin, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, we can't help you. Now, listen, Walchuk's not into me fat-shaming people, but he is perfectly fine with butt-chin-shaming people. Yes, because they look funny on your face. Arbitrary moralities, baby. No Love doubt. Them. No doubt. So, freshman year, Penn State, let's flash it back. What is the year? Maybe 2013? Oh, dude, Saquon was dominating. No, he wasn't even on the team. Dude, Saquon was the Saquon man. Saquon was dominating in high school. I'll give you that. Yeah, he probably was. He, he, wasn't for he the, could have been dominating in the, the NFL Lions. if he wanted to be. Well, now with the AAF, he, maybe hey, he just says, screw it, boys. He could have been a pro at 18. Good Lord. No, uh, Hagenberg looks amazing. Wins freshman of the year in the pack, or in the, excuse me, in the Big Ten, or Big whatever the heck it's called. Big Ten, Penn State. We're NFL guys. We're not college guys. No, we're football guys. Football guys, man. The best. He wins freshman of the year, looks outstanding. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, here is a guy. He's built, looks the part, has a good arm, had a great year under Bill O'Brien, the tutelage, the man who brought along Tom Brady. This is phenomenal. This is great. Well, O'Brien leaves, gets the head coaching job with the Houston Tejans. Wait, so can you say definitively at one point you were all in on the Hackenberg? I was about Hackenberg and his prospect as an NFL quarterback, and I'm thinking to myself, dare I say it, this dude could be as good as Andrew Luck was coming out of Stanford. Wow, would you would you deem that your biggest miss in draft history? Uh yeah. Okay. Well, look, because by the time he came out of the draft after his junior year, I was not as high you on the knew. guy. Because sure. his sophomore and junior year were terrible. Fair enough. The guy was a freaking turnover machine. So Absolutely. you realized, like, okay, this guy's not the guy I thought he was. But I've never seen a quarterback have such a high ceiling when it came to how good he looked his freshman year. To just being an absolute trash quarterback. So you're saying it's safe to say that in 2013, you didn't think that in 2019 you'd be watching Christian, Christian Hackenberg, Hackenberg score zero points in the AAF February 12th? Yes. Okay. 100%. And not only that, but Christian Hackenberg, who's mic'd up during the AAF we're micing up Hackenberg? They're micing up the QBs. Oh, they're, doing a lot of, they're doing a lot of cool things with this Star CBS Sports. event. Yeah, well, he's the quarterback. We're micing up Hackenberg, baby. They're doing some neat things here at the CBS Sports Microphones, but they catch him dropping a little bit of a profanity Not on a play. CBS. On CBS, in plain sight. Now, we're bleeping it. No! No! Yes, yes, we have to. We've been requested. We can't say on the air. All right, what did he say? He said F. You can say it, and we'll bleep it. He said F. Just say it. Thank you. God, how hard was that? Wasn't that hard. All right, here we go. Uh, here's Hackenberg uh, cursing. I think it's just riveting stuff. They have not. Here they come. Third and long. They get the job done again. All right. That was incredible. Not a great moment for Christian was that, Hackenberg. <laughs> was that the highlight of the game? Oh, man. Uh, when you think back on your first AAF experience, is that is that what you point to? No, because my first AAF experience was the Commanders versus Fleet. And oh, it was seeing you. Gavin freaking Ascobar on the bleeping <laughs> San Diego Fleet. Ascobar is in the league? Gavin Ascobar is playing, and he actually had one pretty good play. 
Stop it. That's never those words have never been I uttered. know. In the NFL it would never happen. For my Dallas Cowboys, it would never happen. And he actually spent time with your Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I don't want to so talk about it. How Can bad we move on? Gavin bleeping Ascobar. I don't want to talk about the fact that at one point, at the exact same time, we had a Ascobar and we had an Osweiler on the roster at the exact same time. And this is why the Miami Dolphins are the, are Miami, the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. Because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, man. What a song. I'll always, always take advantage of an opportunity to sing that, baby. Amen, brother. Because I do love me, that song. And thanks to you, the Dolphins are my second favorite team. As they should be. Behind the greatest football team, that is the Dallas Cowboys. It's Cowboys 1, Dolphins 2, San Diego Fleet 3. Huh, no. Far from. The San Diego Fleet. Are you a commander guy? With Mike Martz, I'm kind of pulling for the commanders a little bit. You had that iron look in your eye, and I was like, oh, oh no. Birmingham? Are you a no, Birmingham but, guy? Well, Moose, Daryl Johnston, is, uh, I think it's the GM for the San Antonio Ooh. Commanders. And I love me some Moose. Oh, Hall of Famer, Dude, right? Uh, should be in the Hall. He's not. He's a Hall of Fame fullback, fullback man. Disrespectful. He's, he's in the Fullback Hall of Fame. The Fullback Hall of Fame, and he's the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Rightly so. Emmitt Smith would not be the all-time leading rusher if it weren't for Daryl Moose Johnston and the sacrifices that he made. His fullbacks matter, baby. The I-formation, the purest of all that is football. Speaking of the Cowboys Ring of Honor, shout out to Gil Brandt, newest inductee. Love you, Gil. Congratulations. Now, after the game, Mike Singletary, the head coach of one Christian Hackenberg, quote, he has to get better. He has to settle down and get better. What in the world are you supposed to tell your 23-year-old that's already flaked out of the NFL and is now dropping F-bombs and getting sat on his ass in the AAF? Well, I think get better is a great starting point, and thank God he's got the quarterback whisperer, Mike Singletary, to get him to the promised land. So I think Hackenberg's in great hands. Perfect hands. And all in all, I'm into the AAF. I mean, is it the greatest Football. It's not the NFL, and it shouldn't be, and they're not trying to be the NFL. They're not trying to compete with the NFL. It's a developmental league, and it's going to take a little while, I think, before you see maybe some of the consistency in the higher level of play that maybe fans were upset that they didn't get on Saturday and Sunday. But overall, I'm into it. Pace of play is cool. The whole no commercial breaks is dope. It's about a two-and-a-half-hour game. It's go, go, go. I think CBS did a pretty good job. Yeah, well, the, the commentators I saw, they had Spiro Didis, handsome young fellow, oh, love yeah. him on the call. Miami guy, I think, right? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I think he did work in Miami. That, that wouldn't surprise me. He's got a Miami look to him. We just get Miami Wise on television. Hey, man, Miami Wise is number one new show. <laughs> but I, I, remember him, I remember him from the NFL Network. That's then, it. That's and right. Then, and now, that's right. Now he's doing his thing on on the broadcast calls. But uh, and they had Tiki Barber, Trent Green. So they're putting some, like you Kurt said, Kurt Warner was doing some stuff. Kurt Warner's doing a little. So I mean, if they're doing, yeah, and Kurt Warner's a perfect example of, of the kind of guy that can go from an AAF kind of guy to a standout NFL player. I think it's great in the NFL. NFL.com Sunday night. You look at it and they're watch AAF Week One highlights. So. The so the NFL of it is backing it. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it is Bill Polian and the leadership behind the AAF have – the XFL comes in and is like, we want to compete with the NFL. That's not the way to go about it. The NFL is king. You don't tap the bear. But if you come in and say, hey, we know our place, what we want to be is essentially a developmental league for you that you haven't had since NFL Europe, and the NFL says, all right, go ahead and do your thing. We'll watch. If we like what we see, we'll give you some support. Well, evidently, 
the NFL's giving them some support. Yeah, and that's awesome. I think that the NFL could use a league like this. I, I heard Bill Pullian say that there's, you know, there's a lot of things that the NFL's not getting uh, in terms of polishness of their, like, for instance, offensive linemen. Like, offensive linemen don't really come to the NFL knowing how to block. And we've seen that. Like, offensive line and offensive lines in the NFL, they're almost like quarterbacks. Like, there's very few good quarterbacks in the league. There's not that many good offensive lines in the league. Well, and that's also a big thing in the AAF is the quarterback plays bad. But sure. it's because, heck, Dude, the 12, quarterback, 12, the quarterback in the plays NFL not great in the, the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. So you're taking guys that if they're not an NFL roster, they're they're really not very good. You know, most likely, or, or they they've had some kind of off the field issue, and teams just don't. I mean, you know, Colin Kaepernick. I wonder if he'd be interested in going in the AAF. No, he's he's way too big for that. You're right. I don't see him wanting to do that. Probably not. NFL or bust. And well, the NFL it looks is, like it's going to be bust. Yeah, they're not they're not doing that because well, we're not going to go in there, but. I, I know you like to dig into that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. just not today. Yeah, uh-huh. not today. Uh, okay, the so... The one thing, though... Uh, the, I know what you want to get you into. Like, please, hey, yeah. take it away. What, was if, it, if we're on was the, same it the, page, re, the, the replay thing? Yes. Yeah, dude, the replay thing was awesome. I think, one, uh, this is sort of going to be... This league, if the NFL really adopts it um, as its sort of develop, uh, developmental league, I think you'll start to see them integrate um, you know, potential rule changes and test them in the AAF before maybe integrating them to the league. And one of the things that you saw was the the replay when they go to challenge the call. There was a touchdown that they ruled incomplete. They go to review it. They have a replay official up in the booth that you actually get to hear, you know, the conversation, the back and forth between the lady in the booth, who's the actual replay official, down to the official on the field as they're both watching the replay and talking through what they see. And it's like literally it's like 90 seconds, so they don't take – Like, everybody always talks about review, and it's going to delay these games forever and forever and forever. Well, it was less than 90 seconds. You see her go through the whole process. You hear her talking. out. I think we have it. Oh, okay, we have the audio. I think we've got the audio. Yeah, let's hear it. Be able to listen in. Ground, and the ball hits the ground. I'm going to let this stand. Terry Valenti, the replay official. He's rolling on the ground. He's using the ground to keep it in there. The the ground helps him. We're going to let it stand. So she's going to agree with the call on the field. No touchdown. She feels that the ground helped the catch at He's the end of the catch. Definitely touched. With ball is down on the ground, sliding. Okay, we're gonna let. It, we're gonna. We're gonna. Wait a minute. One second. We've got an elbow down. It's got it and touched. Nope. We're gonna overturn this and reverse this to a catch in the end zone for a score by Orlando. He's got possession. He tucks it in. His elbow hits. The ball is in control in his arms. Okay. We've got a score. I think that's great. I mean, you, and she even changes her mind. Like, when you're listening to it at first, and this is a play where just if you didn't see it, it's a throw to the end zone. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of the end zone. Receiver goes up, catches it, has possession, pulls it into his body, comes down, elbow hits, ball pops out, and they ruled it incomplete, no touchdown on the field. They review it. At first, the official you hear her says, "Yeah, ball comes out. Didn't ha- it's it's not a catch. I'm going to go with the call of stance." Continues to watch, gets more looks, then realizes, "Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's look at it." Catches it, possession, elbow hits first, which means down by down by contact with possession in the end zone. It's a touchdown. They get the call right. It takes a minute. Everybody's able to see, hear, understand the thought process. Beautiful. NFL, adopt this immediately, please. Yes, and ultimately, 
I think this AAF can be here to stay. If you have the NFL backing you, you have these big networks backing you, and you have even another thing that gets glossed over a little bit too is uh, the betting aspect of it all. With with the way gambling is now and all the restrictions that have really been lifted, um, you know, people will bet on anything. I mean, we've seen that. People will bet on literally anything. This is just More another thing. More fantasy football. This is just another thing. We that all people, love fantasy football. Now, it'd be nice if these people give you a stat sheet. They're not really doing oh, that right now. Oh, that's the biggest flaw with the AAF. Gentlemen, American Football Alliance, American Nets, AF, man. We need you guys to figure out how to put your stats and info online. Can I get a box score? I mean, I'd love to go ahead and break down and tell you who did what here. Luckily, I read an article that had Hackenberg's stat line written in it. Otherwise, I've got nowhere to go to find a freaking box score or stats or scores or anything for you. So come on, AAF. That's where you're slacking. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get better there. But overall, it was cool. I'm down for football year-round. Next year, we're going to have potentially this and the XFL going on at the exact same time. So I'm excited. I say why not? The more the merrier. And, um, you know, if the NFL is going to get behind this thing, I think it's a smart move because it just allows you to to integrate so many different things that they're not doing right now, and they can test it before they have to really bring it in. And it's great for all these other players that can still – there's going to be success stories. Literally, if the AAF is around for five years, you will see multiple success stories of guys going from the AAF to playing and being on NFL rosters for you know considerable amount of time and making an impact. I think it's awesome. 100%. Zach Walsh, along with Eric Chiafalo, we are the Nosebleed Seeds podcast, the show everyone can afford to listen to, shifting gears from the AAF. We have an article that I found of some of the biggest off-season storylines. Excellent! Oh, is it by Gil Brandt? No, no. I mean, most most articles are by Gil, and Gil might have had a fingerprint on this. It is from NFL.com. One Mark Sessler. Gil was definitely involved. Yep, well, he is involved in everything here on NFL.com, but this starts off with the impending Nick Foles decision and what happens here for the Eagles. Big Nick Energy? Big Nick Energy, and what's next for Philly and Nick Foles, it appears that he might go ahead and try and latch onto a starter elsewhere after informing the Eagles that he would be paying them $2 million to buy out the $20 million contract option they recently exercised for 2019. The Super Bowl winning backup is set to march into free agency unless the Eagles slap the franchise tag, which is expected to be worth twenty. Five million dollars. Twenty-five million. I mean, that sounds about right. That's the going rate for a guy that's going to be your starter. Just the way it goes. He, uh, Nick's going to take his dong down. Probably my assumption's Jacksonville. That wasn't a doink. That was a dong. <sighs> Jacksonville would make sense that considering John D. Like, Filippo's yeah. there. The Filippo deal. No I one get wants that. Bortles. No one wants Bortles. I mean, come on. I don't know, man. I'm just still not. I, I'm I'm surprised. I just don't think, for me, Foles is a guy where the best place for him is to stay in Philly. And maybe if, I mean, judging by this article, if he's gone ahead and he's, you know, he wants to be bought out, he wants to be a free agent, I guess if he's saying he wants to go ahead and, and start elsewhere, wants to be traded, I just think the best fit for him is in Philadelphia. 
And to me, he also seems like the guy that's kind of passed. Now, if somebody's going to go ahead and throw $20 million your way, you're not going to say no. But he, he, he seemed like the guy, when he was contemplating retirement two or three years ago, that the money and the finances weren't a big thing for him. Yeah, well, that's when he's looking at going to make $7 million and maybe get the backup role, maybe. Now it's like, hey, you're going to be our guy. You're going to get $25 million, and uh, it's the coach, if he goes to Jacksonville, that you've you've had success with previously. Yeah, it just is like Philly's the perfect spot for him. In that locker room, he's got a great – I don't know how, but him and Alshon Jeffrey have an uncanny rapport with one another – Alshon Jeffrey is a very average receiver with Carson Wentz. You get him and Nick Foles, he looks like a top 15 wideout out there. He's outstanding. He works well within Doug Peterson's system. He's won a Super Bowl there. And Carson Wentz has shown that he is injury prone. The guy got hurt this past season in 2018. He was hurt in 2017. And dating back to his days in North Dakota State. So to me, it's invaluable to have that insurance policy of a Nick Foles, a guy who's been there, done that for you in case something happens with Carson Wentz. Now, obviously, it's bad business. You can't tie up. Even though Carson Wentz is still on a rookie deal right now, now it's a solid rookie scale because he was the number two pick in the draft, but it's still not what it was 10 years ago, right, with like Matthew Stafford or whoever the last group was to come out and get that. It's not craziness, but you would have a lot of money locked in in quarterback if you're going to pay – Nick Foles, that kind of amount to franchise him and keep him around. So I, I get that. It might be a little bit ridiculous. It would have to be Nick Foles taking somewhat of a discount in Philadelphia. But in reality, do you think Nick Foles would succeed going to Jacksonville and being the starter? Because I think it would end the same way it has for him when he left and went to the Rams, when he left and went for the Chiefs. I don't see a ton of success. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would lean towards not having the amount of success that he had in uh, Philadelphia. And most of that's because of the offensive line. I mean, uh, he was playing, especially the year they won the Super Bowl, against a, or, or behind a really good offensive line, and that really makes the difference here. I mean, uh, it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but there's almost nothing more important other than having just a top-flight quarterback. Having a really, really good offensive line can take your offense to higher places. And they took Nick Foles with them just last year. So uh, I don't see them being able to replicate that talent off on the offensive line um and like Doug Peterson I really respect him as a coach and I know Filippo would be there and it would be similar stuff but like I think Doug Peterson is head and shoulders <laughs> you know how I feel about Doug Marone jeez don't even get me started I mean I can't believe Doug Marone still has a job sausage on a sideline right Un- <laughs> he's unbelievably bad he lost the locker room last year they're fighting with each other in that locker room yeah and no. Doug Marone's still the head coach yeah, come on give me a break come on Coughlin jeez, do something Doug. Coughlin do something Coughlin Tom you red leather face. Amen. I like that. I'm taking your own words here. I know you're a big, big proponent of the uh, the red leathery face coaches yeah. on the sideline. Yeah. Well, Never forget that Dan Lambeau. The, he's in the red leathery face Hall of Fame. That Bless is heart. for sure. Mm. Good old Tom. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's I, I get that. Wherever Nick Foles goes and what happens with him is a major storyline this year. But I think his best place to not be greedy and stay in Philly. Okay, and I, I think Philly's probably going to want to just get their value for him. You know, it, it's hard to keep two guys in a locker room. You can end up dividing a locker room if Carson Wentz has 
you know, the fan two base bad is games. already divided because yeah. they're, they're dumb. There you go. And then you have guys like Alshon Jeffrey who know, man, I eat more when, when Foles is the quarterback, man. And if, if Wentz struggles You're a game right. or two, everybody's going to start chirping. And it's just, it can be annoying. It can be. And so you, you might as well just go get your value for him. It's not like you're trading away some top flight phenom quarterback. It's not Nick Foles. You know Carson what I'm saying? And you got talent. Wentz. And, and Wentz is the better quarterback. I, I will defend that till the day I de- die that I would rather have Carson Wentz. Agreed. The other options here are what happens to the rest of the quarterbacks. When you look at one, Teddy Bridgewater, where does he go end up? Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles. Yeah, the, all these. Well, Bortles, man. Gosh, I, I don't know. Bortles is not going to be a starter anywhere. I mean, Bortles those, those other guys, I think, view themselves as starters, and I'm sure Blake does too. But uh, he's, I don't know. I mean, I, no I don't like any of those for, guys. For Bortles. No, no one. I mean, I don't like any of them either in the sense of like if you're trying to go win a championship. But if you're trying to like, if you need a bridge quarterback, obviously Teddy's the guy you want. Uh, no pun intended there, but. Uh, the, all these guys are just bridge quarterbacks. They're, you know, for a year or two, can you can you get me to maybe the playoffs? And all these quarterbacks can get you to maybe the playoffs, but none of them are sexy. None of them are exciting. No, they're all not good. The best thing about Blake Bortles is, is his pre-draft interview where he talked about how he should be, uh, if he wasn't playing football, he'd be smoking cigs on a construction site. Yeah, you love that. What would you do if you weren't playing football? If I wasn't playing football, um... Working construction, ripping cigs. Oh my God, that's well, a you Hall can of Fame see quote. it. I mean, I bet he'd be three hundred pounds if he wasn't an athlete. Yeah, no, for sure, he's got that Ben Roethlisberger face. He did very round, no doubt. But none of those guys, I'm super tantalized by even Joe Flacco. And I think the team that really is going to be in the front market for them would be the Redskins. I mean, you've already heard the Flacco to Washington link because I mean, it's unfortunate what happened with Alex Smith. That dude might never play football again. Yeah. And, and, and clearly, Colt McCoy is not the dude that you're going to trot out there Ooh. and start every week. So they're in the quarterback market without question. But the other factors here is the draft. And you, you've got a team like the Giants. What do they want to do with Eli Manning? Um, and at six, I think they're going to have their, their pick of, you know, at least one of the top quarterbacks, even if one goes before that. If a team moves up and takes one ahead of them, they're probably still going to have their chance at a Haskins or a Murray or a Drew Locke or whatever their flavor is. So where do those quarterbacks end up at Daniel Jones? Uh, all of that really shapes what is an intriguing offseason at the quarterback position. Okay, well, I can tell you now, the Daniel Jones, if you take him in the first round, you're a bleep hole, okay? Uh, you're not a Daniel Jones believer. Not a Daniel Jones believer. At all. I'm not either. So. Dwayne Haskins, I think, has Giants written all over him. I mean, that seems perfect for me. They got Gettleman up there in the front office. He's an old-school guy. He wants a big, strong quarterback. That's exactly what Haskins is. Haskins is a player. Okay, He can win from within the pocket. I know I know that we hear these rumblings from guys like Stephen A. Smith. Oh, my gosh. He's quite the runner. Screaming A. Smith is a moron. He's not a runner. He's a thrower. Kyler's the runner. Get it right, Screaming A. He's literally, I mean, honestly, when it comes to his running, it's like he's, it's like he's running in concrete. I mean, he is not a runner. No, he's a heavy-footed dude. Just because he's black and he wears number seven at the quarterback position does not mean he's a runner. No, let's not be, you know. Now, if he was left-handed, I'd give it to you. But he's not. He's not at all. Move along. Please. Haskins to the Giants sounds right to me, and I think uh, 
you know, they'll groom him a little bit behind Eli I Manning. I still think you're going to see a team fall in love with Kyler Murray. They're going to move up into that top five, and they're going to take him. You think so? I don't think it'll be the Giants. I think you're right. I think Haskins and the Giants makes a lot of sense. And the cold weather, I think I think that's just that's built. But well, he's used to that at Ohio State. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's For why sure. you want that's why you want a guy like Haskins. Big, strong, and has played in the cold. And he's still very green. Only one year of starter experience, and he was he was makes NFL throws all day long. Certainly got the arm talent. No doubt about that. Oh yeah. I mean, that's where it starts with him is his arm strength, but his his ability in the pocket, though he's not a scrambler, to be able to maneuver within to, it, step up, absolutely, slide. And, and to throw from different platforms, not in the same way that a Mahomes and a Murray does baseball-wise, but he finds the lanes and he's he's accurate with the football and he will actually read a defense. So I mean, he's got He's got everything you want. I think if the Giants pass on Haskins, they are extremely, extremely foolish. Now, you talk about Kyler Murray. That's a huge storyline. He is as polarizing as it gets. I'm all in on Kyler Murray. I I mean, if I'm a team, I would trade into the top 10 to get him. Uh, at Miami at 13, I'm, I'm no problem. As a Dolphins fan, give him to me all day. If I'm the Redskins, I'm down with him. Hell, even if I'm the Giants, I'm down to draft them. You know what I'm saying? But I just think Haskins is the better fit there, though it would be exciting to have Barkley, Murray, and Beckham on the same offense. Oh, my that, goodness. That's, I mean, honestly, that's that sports scare porn me more. Like, as a Cowboys fan, I'd be more scared of a Giants-led team with a Kyler Murray than I would be a Dwayne Haskins. Is that better than sex? What? An, an offense with Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, oh, and Odell Beckham Jr.? No, it's not. Okay. Well, you've you must... Wow, you must have great sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kyler Murray's a stud. Go get me in the top ten. Amen. Yeah, I'm not as sold as Kyler, but I've also been I know a guy that's not. been anti-Kyler Murray his entire career. Cool. I hated him in high school. He played against my high school. He's a yep. rival. Yep. I don't like Oklahoma. I don't like Texas A&M. He went ahead and played for both of those schools. So it would be only fitting that the dude ends up going to play in the NFC East against another team that I hate. And I've said, look, in high school, he's one of the best high school football players I've ever seen. But at the time, the dude was very small, and I thought he'd get eaten up and wouldn't be able to survive at the college level. The dude ended up winning a Heisman Trophy in, in laughing in my face. So I'm not going to doubt the guy anymore. But at the same time, I've never thought Kyler Murray was NFL talent. I might be very wrong and eat my words again. Odds are I probably will because I've done it just like you. Anytime you doubted New England and the Patriots, I've had that with Kyler Murray. So it wouldn't shock me. If Kyler Murray turns out to be great because he's done it everywhere he's been. But at the same time, I'm just a little bit less scared about the dude, especially if he goes to the Giants who have such a bad offensive line. Like, that's another thing about Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be your biggest miss since Christian Hackenberg. Maybe. But, dude, the Giants' offensive line is terrible, and that dude has played behind the best offensive line everywhere he's been. At Allen, in high school, those dudes were all Division One talent. At Oklahoma... Those guys are all going to the NFL. If he goes to a team like the Giants that have been terrible at the offensive line spot for the last few years, now they they did sign a couple guys last year and they drafted Will Hernandez, who didn't look that great this past season. But that's the, there's some cause for concern there for Kyler. That's not the best spot for him. I think Washington, who I think might have a better offensive line, they were all hurt this past year. Yeah. But they really went ahead and tried to become the Cowboys and build up that unit with the Trent Williams, who's one of the best tackles in football. There you might have a better shot. I'll tell you right now, if he comes to if he comes to my division and he's not on my team, I'm like crap. 
I got a versus really? guy. Yeah, I think he. I think he's going to be a really good player. But I think I think Demarcus I, Lawrence will decapitate him. I feel the same way though about Dwayne Haskins. If he ends up in in my division, I'm. I feel that way too. I, I mean, I'm more. I guess I would be more excited as a fan if my team drafted Kyler than Dwayne. Dwayne to me just doesn't really. I, I don't know about Dwayne Haskins. I can understand why people like the upside. This year's quarterback class, nobody really sticks out to me as like a guy that I'm. I'm screaming for. I'm not trading up for any of these guys. I'm sitting put. If somebody slides to me, I'll nab them. Yeah. If I'm Miami at 13, I'm not giving up future picks to go up and get either of these guys. See, I disagree. I, I would I would give up picks to go into the top 10 for both of these guys. I know that the overall class is relatively underwhelming, and we don't have the, the massive names that we're used to seeing where it's like, holy crap, these guys are starter ready day one kind of deal. But I think both of these guys are going to find success in the league. And if they both end up in the NFC East, Haskins to the Giants and Murray to the Redskins, man, that that would scare me as a Cowboys fan. And it would be just exciting when you think about Prescott, you think about Wentz, and then those two being injected into that division. An exciting young four. That is, that is a fun division of football right there. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who goes to Washington because that organization is one of the worst in all of sports. Yeah, for Kyler. And you know what will be interesting about Kyler is if he he's kind of, since he's got the baseball leverage, he can pull one of these Eli Manning, John Elway deals where he can basically just say, I, if you draft me, I'm not going to go play for you. And he can pretty much decide where he goes. Because he could tell everybody, no, if you draft me, I'm not. I'm gonna yeah. go play baseball. Like there's, there's so many, uh, so much intrigue there with Kyler Murray and all of these quarterbacks. I, I'm excited that he just, he's going to the combine. He's going to participate, but I don't know how much of that. Like I don't know if he's gonna run. He, like Lamar Jackson didn't run, and it's like, dude, that's like your best. For, why wouldn't you run? Like I, I want. Oh, I would dude, love he's gonna run. If Kyler doesn't run, he's foolish. Okay. He needs to run that 40. No, I think so, too. Because he'll light it on. Like, that, I think he's going to test great. No, he should. I mean, obviously, his vertical his jump size, is probably Now, not obviously, be the size is going to yeah, be the most interesting the, thing. The dude will throw the ball very well. It'll come. It'll zip out of his hand. They're going to ooh and ah at that. And then he should run an excellent 40 time. Yes. And obviously, the, the, the one that everybody's going to be waiting to see is how tall is he. And I think he's, he's going to be close. If he's to at 5'10", five five I think he's fine. If he's I under 5'10", you're going to have some concerns. I don't think he's going to be 5'10". I'm just hoping he's as close to 5'10 as it gets, like they said like it five, was, nine which is 5'9 and 7'8". Yeah. Well, yeah. you're basically 5'10". Let's round up. Yeah, basically. In cleats, you'd be 5'10". Easy. But uh, either way, I'm all in on Murray. I'm all in on Haskins. It'll be interesting to see where they go. I guarantee they both go in the top 10. I'll say it now. Oh, I agree with that 100%. Uh, Daniel Jones, not a fan. Drew Locke, I'm so-so on. Um, but uh, it seems, seems like Denver like, is seems the like spot the Broncos have kind of been already, like, that's that's been the rumbling but who knows? been there since, you like, know, November about yeah, the Broncos. And to and me, Locke. like, you get stuff that comes out that early. I mean, who does that? If it ends up following through, great. Yeah. But you also got to be a little weary of information like that. And then there's possible extensions looming. Like for Dak Prescott, the Cowboys aside, he's about to enter his final year of his, of his contract. Do they want to go ahead and extend him? Yep. A, lot of, a lot of quarterback noise shaking up here. Yes, there is. And I think Prescott, uh, when he talked about it, we can hear from him. He, he talked with USA Today this past week uh, about that. And this is really the first time he's ever really publicly spoken about the contract. And he's not the kind of guy that seems like he's going for the discount. If you remember, he switched agencies uh, to CAA, which is the big dog. Those guys, they're, they're not in the business of taking hometown discounts. Um, and to be honest with you, Prescott's been on a discount for the last 
three years on the on the fourth round rookie deal that he's been on. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean he's no, I think he's, he's been like cheap. if you look at how much he's getting paid, it's it's sixty something in terms of all the quarterbacks in the league. There's yeah. a lot of backups that are making more money than so he, he is. he's going to want his money. Uh, he's not trying to take a discount, and what that means, the market tells you there's no way it's going to be less than. I'd be really surprised if it was less than thirty million. Thirty million. Thirty a year. million a year. A year. I'd Ooh, be pretty surprised. I don't know, man. That's steep. I'd be pretty surprised. Twenty five, dude. Thirty. Twenty five. You're talking about Derek Carr. Yeah. Who was pretty recent. And I think, and and if I'm Dak, I'm saying I'm better than Derek Carr because he is. And that's just the way it goes. If the last guy got 25, I'm getting at least 27. Jimmy Garoppolo sent the market right last year, right? 27 and a half million a year. Okay. So 28. So, okay. So, all right. I mean, it's basically 30. I mean, you're in that 30 area. And I think if I'm the Cowboys, I go ahead and lock it up. Yeah. Look, I'm a Dak guy. Shout out to Dak for that. Yeah, I, I've and, and I always stand by the quarterback because I'm a dude. I grew up with the Cowboys being absolutely terrible. I was a little child when they were winning three out of four Super Bowls and in, in the dynasty that was the '90s. Right? I grew up and was witnessing the twilight of Aikman and Irvin and and Emmitt Smith. I remember seeing Michael Irvin on the ground in Philadelphia at Veterans Stadium, whatever that disgusting venue oh, don't was. Don't take me back. It was terrible. Disgusting Eagle fans that they are cheering booing Michael Irvin as he gets. I mean, his career's over. He's laying there on a stretcher, carted off. Throwing batteries at him. I I saw the end of that era, right? I mean, Emmett Smith growing up, I watched him win the all-time leading rusher. I mean, that's the reason he's my. I think he's the best. I love Emmett. He's my favorite player ever of all time. Greatest cowboy I think to ever wear the star. I love me some Emmett Smith. Don't you have an Emmett fathead? Yes. Gosh, I've got an M at everything. On your ceiling, right? Right above your head. But where I'm like, you know, really, you know, a young buck here, I'm jumping into my Cowboy fandom, they're stinking at 5-11 and for three straight years under Dave Campo. Then I get a glimmer of Bill Parcells. And they don't have a quarterback, mind you, right? Like, Aikman goes down in 2000. They're trotting out Chad Hutchison, Quincy Carter. Hey, don't you disrespect Quincy Carter Oh, shut your mouth. Drew Henson, Clint Sterner, Ryan Leaf, Anthony Wright, Vinny Testaverde, Vinny Greenballs himself. Drew Bledsoe. I mean, they're trotting out absolute hot garbage. Side note, I, I've got two sources that say Vinny Testaverde's the hairiest human being they've ever seen. Wow. We can move on. I don't, I don't want to dwell on Okay, it. that's fine. So basically, I was there for a long stretch before the Cowboys knew what a quarterback was. And here comes Tony Antonio Romero Romo that saved the bleeping day and was so underappreciated in Dallas for a decade. Now that he's retired, people finally appreciate, wow, Tony Romo was pretty effing good. Well, he's a football Yoda. Go, Tony Romo. Yes, can foresee the future, and even as a quarterback, he was awesome. I mean, it was just such a shame. The end of his career, the Cowboys realized, wow, maybe we should put an offensive line in front of him and try and get some sort of defense so the dude doesn't have to put up 30-plus points a game, have 400 yards, four touchdowns, but, oh, he throws that one interception at the end because the defense can't stop anybody the entire game. So now it looks like, well, Romo sucks. Ridiculous. It's Jerry Jones' biggest mishap ever, and he's the first one to say it, is not helping and putting a roster around Romo to better put him in position to win a championship. Because Tony were... Romo was absolutely good. It's when they were 8-8 eight and eight forever. Is that when they were taking eight hacks? 8-8, 8-8, 8-8. At Bobby Carpenter in the first round? Yeah. 
Gotcha. Not a, not a good stretch. No, I just needed to jog my memory there. Hell, I want a bigger boat. So now you're you're lucky enough to find a guy in Dak Prescott in the fourth round when all, I mean, everything. The, Cowboy fans, Romo goes down in Seattle. It's the preseason. You've got high hopes, and it's like, oh, crap. You just went 4-12 in 2015. None of these backups were worth a damn. It's Matt Castle out there sucking. You know, everyone thinks we suck and, you know. Kellen Moore, bless his little heart. Now he's your offensive coordinator. He's a guru. He's a genius. Don't you talk about that offensive genius that way. You you shut your mouth. He was not a good NFL quarterback. Bleep you. Don't even try to act like Kellen Moore was any good. He's progressive as f***. You shut your mouth as a coordinator, he might be, but I'm talking about as a player. He's the next McVay. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't because you're arguing a mute point. I'm talking about him as a player, not a coordinator, you He's going to be a great coordinator. You don't know what you're talking about. I hope so, and I'm not trying to say he won't be, you I'll bleep idiot. you. Oh, you're a m- bleep you. It's got me really fired up. Here comes Dak Prescott. Saves today, 13-3. and three. Next year, not so good, 9-7. and seven. You have the Zeke suspension. By the way, did you just skip over the Cooper Rush era? Dude, Cooper Rush never started in a regular season game. I know, but what about all those preseason freaking don't highlight They reels. don't matter. All right. He didn't look good this past preseason. So I understand it's hard to find a quarterback. Dak Prescott's won 33 games in his first three years. He's won two NFC's titles in his first three years. The dude's a winner. Is he? Does he have some flaws as a passer? You bet your ass he does. But the bottom line is... So does your wife. You married her anyway. Exactly. And I'm ready to marry Dak. In the fourth quarter, that dude's money. He turns it on. He can stink for 55 minutes, but if the game's hanging in the balance in the final five, he'll get you that victory. And that's my quarterback. That's my Dak. I like my Dak with a little bit of saucy, and he brings it. Unless, of course, it's in the playoffs against the Rams. But otherwise, you are 100% right. Look, he still had him there one possession away. That play to Michael Gallup. I'm Mm. kidding, bro. I'm kidding. Put him in position. He put up a solid 21 points that game. He should have definitely won that game. Um... He needed 30. Ultimately, I'm with you. Dak needs to be the the long-term guy. He's got some flaws, but he's your dude. He's your guy. But you're going to pay him. You're going to pay him. And if if you wait till next year, you're going to pay him even more. Yeah, you might as well just get it done. Get ahead of it. You'll save yourself on the back end because if we're talking about $30 this year, then next year we're talking probably closer to 35 because that's just the way it goes. It It just keeps going up and up and up, and you might as well get in now. And um, and get it over with. And I think ultimately, I could see that happening. Um, I don't know if I know ultimately that Jerry Jones and and the Cowboys are going to pay him. And some Cowboys fans are going to be a little bit surprised and taken aback. They, they shouldn't see be the surprised. They shouldn't be. You're the right. Numbers. Yeah. But there's Cowboys fans walking the earth right now, Walchuk, that think Dak Prescott is going to get and deserves about fifteen million dollars. Yeah, and that just... is just. So not going to happen. I'm I was sorry. I hate to break it to you. Ballpark twenty, and then when you look at these contracts, it's like, yeah, Bro, it's, it's not going to happen. Making freaking dang near twenty. Yeah. I well, mean, I was these, I was I mean, hoping for a near Tannehill contract, but the thing is, that oh, was four God. years ago. Kirk bleeping Cousins can't beat a team that is. I mean, he yeah, but Cousins what, didn't he get a hundred million dollar deal, but he, he got it. A no, pretty much fully guaranteed contract, eighty go. something million. Yeah, eighty something million for three years, and he sucks. He can't beat a single winning team. Yeah, so Dak's going to get the money, and he should get the money, and I'm fine with that. Get off Dak Prescott's back. The dude's a winner. That's all that matters. Win. 
and Dak does that. And he told uh, USA Today when they asked him, you know, Tom Brady took a little hometown discount. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Dacky boy? Tom Brady isn't the, uh, the breadwinner in the home. Uh, then that's a great problem to have. So uh, in that case, uh, he can do that. He, he can, he can, you know, do his contracts however you want to do them. But for me, it's about uh, I've got a great agent. I'm gonna just let him do what he's best at, uh, and just leave it at that. Yeah, well, it certainly helps when your wife is Giselle Bundchen. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what the deal is there. He ain't trying to take a discount. Sorry, homies, I'm getting paid. I just got CAA. My uh, my agents know what they're doing, and and. I'm not taking any sort of discount here. I'm going to be the breadwinner in my family, so that means I can't be making $20 million. I need the $30 million bleep off. And Jerry Jones is going to give it to him, and I would give it to him now, but that's just me. All right, anything left in this article? Uh, big storylines. I know Le'Veon Bell's a big one that yep. people are getting Le'Veon Bell's and on Antonio here. Brown. Yeah, both of them are. You know, where do they end up? Uh, Bell in that cap situation. I don't the, know how. The Colts are a team on here. Uh, the Raiders, the Texans, all potential fits for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I. Uh, there's no way the the Raiders are are gonna pay Le'Veon Bell. They they don't want to pay Khalil Mack, but they'll pay Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I think they might. John Gruden loves his offensive guys, bud. That just seems really. I mean, that would. I mean, come on. I hope. Dude, Mike is Mayock there is anything that. that seems smart to you about the I Raiders? Hope, I just like, there hope. should be nothing that surprises you. Yeah, bud. but I had respect for Mike Mayock. Yeah, I did. Okay. Maybe I don't need more. I mean, if he I like him on Le'Veon TV Bell, on the NFL what Network. The bleep? I think he might. I think the Colts are a great fit. The Colts and the Texans would both be very exciting on paper if you were to go to either of those teams. You pair no him, put him on either of those offenses, man. Ooh, fantasy gold, my friend. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, but I, I don't think the value's there on Le'Veon Bell. I, I just don't. A year removed from playing... And I never think the value is there on a running back, but some team's going to pay the guy. No, I know some team's going to do it, and I just think it's going to be a team more like the Jets than it is, you know, a smart team. I think smart. Well, the, it depends invest. on what Le'Veon wants to do. Like, I don't know that the Colts are a smart team. Well, they are now. Ballard's drafted well. He had one good draft. We're calling them a smart team. Well, I think Bill Polian, like or, Frank Reich, just who, looks Jim Irsay. No, they're not, not Jim Ursay, not Jim schmuck. Bleeping Ursay. Come on. But Ballard has more respect than most GMs in this league. And Frank They've Reich, got money to blow, I don't dude. have to know anything about Frank Reich. All I got to do is look at his face with that beard and those glasses and know he's a smart guy. I like Frank Reich, and that beard does look nice. But I don't it's think that he's, he's passing hell. up if his organization says, hey, we want to get you Le'Veon Bell. And that, you don't have a running back and haven't had one since Joseph Adai. Really, Edron James. It's that gnarly... Like gray, take advantage of Andrew Luck here. That gray, thick beard with the glasses combo. I mean, dude, that is that just that reeks of intelligence. The other one, of course, Antonio Brown. And Brown's been tweeting or Instagramming that stuff with him in a in a 49ers uniform. I don't know how there's any way he can go back to Pittsburgh, dude. Like, there's zero chance he's back in Pittsburgh, right? You put it at zero? I think I mean I don't know that it is at zero, but I would just be shocked. If I'm the Steelers and I'm the players in that locker room, I want nothing to do with that guy. Yeah, I hear you. I heard Juju Smith talking about it, and he was trying to be cool on on Radio Row during Super Bowl week talking about it. But you could tell, I mean, there was a little bit of – I think the quote was like I, I, he felt some type of way about it, you know, when uh, he should. when Antonio Brown didn't show up when they had playoffs on the line in the final game of the season. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how – I'm with you. I don't see how he gets back into that locker room and they can really embrace him. But – 
you know, I've seen weirder things happen. None weirder than the blonde mustache that he's rocking right now. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I have not. You haven't seen the Antonio Brown blonde mustache? No, that's Please crazy. do a quick Google search. Oh Just like goodness. do a Bryce Petty Google search right now. I will. I'll Bryce Petty it up. Because holy hell, dude. He, out of nowhere, I think he showed up. I don't know if he was at the Pro Bowl with it. I don't even know if he was at the Pro Bowl. But he showed up. So, oh, it was the NFL Honors. The NFL honors, and then he's been rocking it. I've seen him on ESPN. I've seen him on NFL Network. He's got a blonde mustache, Antonio Brown blonde mustache, and I got to tell you, it's like that Hulk Hogan oh handlebar. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it just doesn't look what good. What is it's he extremely, doing? It's it looks extremely terrible. Off-putting. Why is he doing that? And he's got one strip of hair that's blonde, too. Yeah, I was going to say, you combine it with that like Lego-style haircut that he gets. It's just a funky look. Yeah, just, you know what? Don't do that, Antonio Brown. Like, I was down for you to be a dolphin, Antonio Brown, and now I'm uh, now I'm not sure. You were bro. down for a, for him to be a dolphin? I'm kidding. And you were so against paying Jarvis Landry last year? Well, okay, we're talking about, I mean, Jesus, we can't even get into also this. Also, a receiver who's about to be on the receiver. other side of 30, though, no, bro. I was just making a joke. I don't want Antonio Brown. The Dolphins are not the kind of team that needs Antonio Brown right now. We don't even have a quarterback. I think we're going to run out David bleeping fails or Brock Oswald. <laughs> Weiler. I mean, literally, they're not going to sell Brock. You think so? la- literally, there is a fifty percent chance that Osweiler is our starting quarterback, week one. Oh boy! Or David fails. Yes, his last name is fails. Dude, it's totally tank for Lawrence, bro. Get if that that's number one not pick, an omen. I don't know what is. Trade back next year and bundle up. Get ready for Trevor Lawrence in Miami. That's exactly twenty twenty. That's the dream. That's I'm telling the dream. you. Uh, and then the other, you already touched on Mike Mayock. You know, what do the Raiders do? They've hey, got, that was once, and he was fully got, consenting. Whatever, So just chill. I don't know. I thought it was inappropriate. They've got three first-round picks, number four, 24, and 27. So they control a lot of this draft. And then the final thing on this article of, of big off-season uh, captivating figures is basically what happens with the Sean McVay clone factory. All the head coaches that went out and were hired because they either – not my team. Looked like Sean McVay, or that they ain't somehow my team, worked boy. with Sean McVay, or they somehow were deemed a, the next offensive great mind like a Sean McVay, whether it's Matt LaFleur, the, 30, <laughs> the 39-year-old, the 39-year-old in Green Bay who's coaching 35-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there's going to be some problems there, man. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to listen to a damn thing Matt LaFleur has to say. God, what is his name again? LaFleur? Yeah. God. Matt, Matt LaFleur. They are in trouble, man. Yeah. He didn't do great things with Marcus Mariota as the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. But what hey. What do you think? I thought they put up like 18 hey, or 19 was, a game. He was under Sean McVay two years ago. Zach Taylor. When I think of Tennessee Titans football under Marcus Mariota, I think of innovative offense. Yeah, well, you're one in a million there. Wow. Zach Taylor, the 35-year-old who's now with the Cincinnati Bungles. Is that Zach with one C? It's Zach with one C. You oh, can't trust guy. the guy. Bleep him is right. Cliff Kingsbury. By the way, I just want to say one thing about oh. the Zach Taylor hire. Okay, what about Besides it? Besides the fact, we know about his name, and that, that's a whole other issue. But You love the hire, though. No. No, I don't. Guess who he hired to be his offensive line coach? Paul Alexander. <laughs> that's a nice little Cowboys joke there. Um, no, as a matter of fact, he hired uh, Jim Turner, formerly of the Dolphins, 
where uh, he had the Jonathan Martin, Richie oh, Incognito situation thing? go down. Oh, man, that was unfortunate. Where he had some bad things come out in that Ted Wells report. Oh. And then he also had some weird thing go down at the uh, Texas A&M where he's been there for the last few years being the O-line coach there. And they did like some sort of uh, football. Um, it was like a. It was like a football function for like women teaching women football, and they going through this PowerPoint. And he's going through it, and he's using intentionally like uh, off-color words to describe things. Like penetration is was a was a word that was hugely in there. Wow. Um, you know, like um, I'm trying to think of other words. You know, like you really want to pound it through the hole. Crowell finds the hole. All Just these purposefully inappropriate. Yeah, and it's all these women, and he's conducting this PowerPoint, and this that guy's was something disgusting. that went down. This How in the Jim world Turner. is he allowed to be on an NFL? Staff? And he's just not a good offensive line coach. Like our our offensive line was terrible when he was the coach. So ultimately, Zach Taylor, uh, I think great things are ahead for the Look, Bengals. the good thing is he, he's clearly with an organization that is fine with mediocrity. It took them twenty years to finally fire Marvin Lewis I after. I think it's mediocrity. Whatever it is, mediocrity. No, no, no. Not a meritocracy. No, mediocrity. It's a, no, it's mediocrity. There's a T at the end. It's T-Y, not C-Y. It's okay. Mediocrity. Okay. I think you can also say it that yeah, way. Yeah, you nailed it. He's fine there. He'll be okay. He'll probably have at least 10 years to finally figure it out. The guy that I think is going to have the most instant success, and it's probably because he was in the best situation. Yeah, Brian Flores, I agree. Is, uh, well, if Brian Flores, absolutely, but he's in a bad situation. I think he will be good. It's the Flores and Fails era. It's uh, Freddie Kitchens. Oh, Freddie Kitchens. Oh. Who, look, I got to be honest with you guys. I got to come clean. Do it. I got to come clean. Safe space. I didn't know Freddie Kitchens was white until about two weeks ago. Really? And for his introductory press conference. Wow, so you were, you flipped on the old ESPN. Let's hear the Browns introduction. It might have been like leading up to it. You know, you see pictures of him and stuff. Like, oh, he's been he's going to be hired as the next. I really didn't know that he was a, a, like a big, a heavier white. They got guy. this heavier set, bald white guy that's up there. They're not, like, well, when the hell's Kitchens coming? Yeah, on? that's not what I expected with the four. The hell's Freddie? Freddie Kitchens. I don't know, but I came here for Freddie, and they gave me a bald white guy. Heck, he could be pretty good. The Browns' offense didn't look bad the second half of the season, and they've got a lot of talent on that roster. I agree with you. Actually, this is like it's it's funny to say like the Browns' new head coach. I never has, thought I'd say that's like the best opportunity like taboo. But you're a, you're a hundred percent right, man. Kitchens is the man. And they their offense was much better when he took over. Seems like Baker Mayfield has a lot of love and respect for him. Seems like that whole team does. Uh, so I'm riding with him. I'm I'm like I'm pulling for the Browns. I'm pulling for Freddie White. Fred, I'm pulling for you, bro. And Baker, I'm pulling for you. Touchdown maker. Absolutely. I think these guys are. I think they're heading in the right direction. Obviously, with uh, uh, gosh, who's their freaking what? What's their GM? Can't even remember his name now. He came from Kansas City. Dorsey. Yeah, Dorsey. Don Dorsey. Yeah, I think they're just, I think overall they're in good hands. They have a good roster, young, and I'm a believer in, in Baker. And hands. Amen. Being in those hands. We are the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo. The show everyone can afford to listen to. Thank you very much. Make sure you uh, follow the Pro Football Network and follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, like us on iTunes, subscribe. Uh, also, of course, give us a little heart on the Pro Football Net Network website. 
Check out everything that Pro Football Network's pumping out, articles, the other podcasts, Monday through Friday. We've got a stacked freaking lineup. Tomorrow, you'll have King Kai with his latest edition. Thursday, you'll have the Evil Empire with David McGrath. The list goes on and on. we got other dope content on Mondays and, and Fridays. We have a new podcast that just came out yesterday, made their debut. Fantastic work. We love you all. It's a big, happy family. Join the safe space. We're here for you, and we love you. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Come poised.